Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These are weird in Pittsburgh, PA. And I don't just mean because our producer, James Steele, is from that area. Ha! Things are weird for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Felt like an unnecessary shot. I don't know about that. Aaron Goldhammer filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian. Aaron and Ian. Hi, you can find him at Hammer Nation 19. You can find me at Amber W Sports. That was the sound of Aaron uh, resetting the show earlier in the show and making it very obvious that he, in fact, wants to take over. Uh, my Aaron job. and Ian. I, I resent that. It, I was just, you know, I'm so obsessed with Aaron Rodgers like uh-huh. everybody else that it, I was talking about Aaron Rodgers, not myself. There are multiple Aaron's out there in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think Aaron Rodgers is obligated to the Pat McAfee show. I think he's probably not actually taking my job, although he did take a fullback's job this week when he decided to have the Jets activate him to Oy. the 53. We will get back to Aaron Rodgers a little later in the show, but let's stick with what's happening right now in Pittsburgh because things aren't much better in Pittsburgh. The record's a lot better for mm. the Steelers, but the thoughts around that coaching staff in Pittsburgh, it's so drastically different the perception of Steelers fans and Steeler Nation and then the rest of us over here on the outside looking in. All of us nationally yeah. wildly respect Mike Tomlin and speaking about him glowingly, right? And in winning because season after rational, winning season. Amber, right? and, and, fan, we're not, and we're yeah. not crazy like Steeler fans who, look, my, my belief here is that the Steelers have a big offensive problem. They don't have a head coach problem. They have a massive offense problem, Okay. So if I was them, I'd look to hire a new coordinator, and I think that you got to get that hire right, and I would trust Mike Tomlin to be the one to make the hire. But beyond the offense, the situation that happened in their most recent game with George Pickens refusing to block against the mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts, that to me is a cultural issue. And the Steelers have had good culture since Chuck Knoll, Amber, showed up in Pittsburgh in 1970. I mean, this is 50 years of good Steeler culture. And I'm a little surprised that they haven't, I know he's talented, but I'm a little surprised that they haven't benched or cut or done something more significant with a guy who said he intentionally didn't block on a play because he was worried about getting injured. Like, guess what, dude? You're a football player. You can get hurt on any play and you need all 11 guys in order to win. That half century of good culture there in Pittsburgh is why those Steelers fans are as irrational as they are in a season where, God forbid, they have a losing season for the first time ever under Mike Tomlin. And yes, this is a Steelers uh, fan base that it's not exactly like they're in Super Bowls every single season or having playoff success every single season. And we're always out here yelling about the winning record for Mike Tomlin. They want more than that, right? They don't want to be stuck in mediocrity. I understand that, but they are a bit spoiled because for so long they did have a good offense. And then, oh, by the way, they had, you know, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger forever. There are going to be some growing pains coming off of the Big Ben era. Sure. But 
I can't justify what's happened here with George Pickens, even though I do respect Tomlin and even though I understand that things aren't going to look the same immediately under the Kenny Pickett's of the world. Your players giving up, essentially, or not doing their jobs at all because of a lack of effort, a job that they could easily do. It's weird, and it's weird that they've been putting up with it in Pittsburgh. But Mike Tomlin has gone as far as calling a midweek media session a rare occurrence there for Tomlin in an attempt to fan the flames around George Pickens. Here is the Steelers head coach. Mike, last week you said that George's frustrations were productive and that's something you wanted to change. You had a conversation with him. How did you feel like he responded in the game on Saturday? I thought he was better, but still has obviously room for continued improvement. Mike, there was a player, Jalen Warren, was rushing down to the goal line and George Pickens wasn't finishing a block there. Is there is there a, a discipline or an effort that you that you have to get more out of him and other That's That's one of the examples that I'm talking about in terms of still obvious room for improvement. So he went on to say that Pickens is talented. He's growing. He's growing in a lot of ways in regards to football and life. He said, we don't run away from that. I give him credit for that from the mentor perspective. He's not just giving up on the guy immediately for not showing up in the way that the rest of us expect to show up. I guess that's commendable. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Steelers fans are receiving it that way, though, Aaron. Well, I think that for what Pickens did, and by the way, he's not the only one, right? There was an interception in the Cincinnati game a couple weeks ago, and Deontay Johnson just totally quit on the play also. So it's, it's the receiver room over there as a whole that's having this issue, not just George Pickens. So I think it's important not to only single him out. But, Amber, I think part of the way that you help George Pickens grow is by benching him for a game. Because I, I don't know that you can win. It's not like the Steelers are out here scoring 28 points a game with George Pickens. You know what I mean? It's not like he's catching 10 balls for 100 yards and being one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's an immensely talented player. But in part because of their offense and in part because of his own lack of maturity, like the level of production, I don't know. I benched him on my fantasy team six weeks ago, and it's not like I'm still in the playoffs. It's not like I'm, I'm really missing him very much. So I can respect Tomlin wanting to be the mentor here, but I do think that some sort of discipline has to be in order. Amber, what do you make of Pickens' explanation? You know, the... I've seen receivers get hurt on plays like this, and I want to be out there for my team. And do you buy that at all? No, because part of your job isn't just being out there to run routes and catch footballs, but it's being involved as well, right? When you're not the target of the play, it's being right. able to be involved in the blocking scheme as well offensively sure. so that your quarterback does have the opportunity to check down or so your other guy is able to wiggle free, right? Yeah. Because of what you're yep. able to do. So that is part of a team, the ultimate team game, which is one thing that we love about football so much. You are not, in fact, out there to just do one job if you're a receiver. And so I don't have much patience for that. I have zero patience for Pickens doing the whole blame the media thing that he did. I mean, that's so tired. Like, eh, we all need to move on from blaming the media. We've got to find a new thing to blame. As a it's member of the media, please stop blaming the media. It's um, just not. It's just nonsense at this point. Like it was all right five years ago. It was cool. Like we got to find something else to blame, guys. It's not the media. It's Pickens. We're watching our television sets. It's right. obvious you are not putting in the effort. 
You're admitting to not putting in the effort. You're paid millions of damn dollars to put in the effort. Yeah. And I understand it's a very hard job. It's also right. why you make so much money. And Fair. the rest of us are over here watching it, watching you get millions of dollars. And we're like, yo, if we were in that position, and maybe it's unrealistic because none of us are in that position, nor will we ever be in that position. So right. yes, we are armchair quarterbacking, but that's what all of us are thinking sitting on our couches. Is somebody wanted to pay me millions of dollars, I block thousand percent. And AJ Brown blocks and Travis Kelsey blocks. Blocks. And right. Jerry Rice blocks. And you're George Pickens. And let me no tell way. you this for George Pickens to know. There's a guy named Heinz Ward who used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's one of their best receivers in franchise history and is a Super Bowl champion. And you best believe that Heinz Ward was one of the best blocking wide receivers that the NFL has ever seen. So it's kind of an insult to the Steeler brand to the Steeler family, to the Roonies, to what the Steelers stand for, for George Pickens to be which is why I think this is more than just a maturity thing. I think if Tomlin is going to snuff out these cultural issues, which I think are as important as the fact that they can't score any darn points, then I think that has to start with some discipline for George Pickens. I'm never good at this at having, and I don't know. I don't know what he's going through personally. Like Mike Tomlin knows that. Maybe there are things there that George Pickens is actually going through personally. And there are reasons that we don't know that Mike Tomlin is being a bit gracious to George Pickens if he's not having the best day or if he's not necessarily always putting in the most effort with his job, right? We've all gone through stuff in life. I have no idea. So I'm not reaching that conclusion, but I also don't typically have much patience with this sort of stuff. Like you're getting paid to do the job and if you don't want to do it then go like do something else bro you're like super 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 talented you could sit here and do what we're doing you're just gonna make a whole lot less money doing it but it's gonna be a little bit easier brooke Pryor, espn steelers reporter i want to get to the sound real quick because she was on greeny she said numerous things that were interesting but she said that the criticism of pickens effort is definitely not just media driven it's hard to hear that and say, yeah, he's right. Because that criticism, the call's coming from inside the house. Mike Tomlin is the one that said just two weeks ago that George's frustrations and emotions were a problem because they were, quote, not solution-oriented. And a lot of the criticism that Pickens has gotten have been from former players. And I get he's 22 years old, Goldhammer, so there's going to be some growing pains there. It just it feels like overall, though... There's a lot of smoke, if not fire, around Pittsburgh this season. Yeah, he's not alone. So this, to me, is the first time where, Amber, I feel like there are legitimate doubts about the Tomlin thing. He's never had a losing season before. Do Steeler fans take him for granted? Absolutely they do. I don't know that they could replace him with a guy as good as him. I mean, everybody that wants to fire Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, okay, geniuses, who is it that you want to go out and hire? Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions? Okay, good luck with that. My guess is he's not going to be the kind of leader or personality or champion that Mike Tomlin is, and you're going to be wishing by about October 15th that you had never made the move. And that you'd never fired him. The other thing is, if Tomlin got fired, Amber, there are other coaches that would fire their coach just for the opportunity to hire him. But 100%. This, this culture thing, the, the broken culture in Pittsburgh, I think is as big of an issue you know, as the broken offense. And I think Tomlin's got to fix them both by the time we get to Labor Day weekend 2024. I think you fix it under Tomlin. I think you give Tomlin that deference, right? You fix it under Tomlin. We can talk about coordinators. We can talk about position coaches. I don't think 
that there's any chance that you make a change at head coach, maybe to the dismay of Steelers Nation. But frankly, I don't think that's actually what they should want either because the grass ain't always greener. Aaron Goldhammer coming up next here on Amber and Ian uh, or or Hamber tonight, as we have named the show. Aaron mm-hmm. and Ian. Well, or, yeah, well, that too. That's never been the name of the show. I don't know why Goldhammer said that. Uh, that's what it's called now, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's got it's a never good, been, it's really got a ring to it, doesn't it? It will never be the name of this show. Uh, Aaron Goldhammer needs to stop trying to take my job. If you miss that or anything here on Amber and Ian, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But we will discuss. Is it time for us to start putting Steph Curry into the GOAT conversation? That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Steph Curry, the greatest player, not the greatest point guard, but the greatest player of all time, at least One Hall of Famer thinks that he should be in the conversation. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Aaron Goldhammer in tonight for Ian. So Steph Curry, Aaron, did heroic things in beating the Boston Celtics last night. He put the team on his back. That's three straight, I think, for Golden State. They've started to kind of turn things around a little bit for a Warriors team that has left a lot to be desired this season and been battling through injuries and Draymond's suspension. Uh, But Steph Curry, he showed that even now, at this point in his very very long career, he is still Steph Curry, and he does remarkable things. So Shaquille O'Neal, also a player who did remarkable things in his career. He, of course, is on NBA on TNT. Coming off of that performance, he had big words about where Steph should be. I'm wondering, not saying, I'm just wondering because he's been consistently the best shooter his whole career. I'm wondering, is it time to start putting him as the best player of all time? Best player? I'm saying. Oh, you put him over you? In, in, in the conversation. I'm uh, asking you. Yes. You put him over you. Okay. You yourself Way put better. Steph Curry yes. over you. Yeah, that, this way he's my favorite player. Cause I'm not saying favorite. Played, he might be my favorite too, but I'm just asking you I think played, he's better than you. I played 20 years, watched 20 years before that. I've never seen a guy like him. And he's doing it consistently, and he has championships. You put him Maybe over Michael. No, I, no, I'm not putting him anywhere. I'm saying, okay, you know, for all the chiller chatter, is it time to just put him in the conversation? I think, I think, I think he's a. Uh, I'm asking the fans, is it time to you know start putting him in the conversation as well, I'm one a of the best players ever? Okay, so I feel like there. Uh, this is 
an emotional take coming off of watching Curry put up 20 in the fourth quarter and an OT and hit the dagger and, and, and beat the Boston Celtics. But I do think it was funny in that sound there, Goldhammer, where they start pressing Shaq. They're like, oh, so you put him over MJ. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not what? saying that. I'm just saying he should be in the conversation. So you put him over LeBron. Whoa, whoa, settle down. So he's better than you. Calm down. It's like he just started walking it back. Did and he putting acknowledge him- that Curry is better than Shaq? Because I think that those are kind of comparable players in my – they're very different players, but I think they're in a similar place in my – my all-time pantheon. Here's the amazing thing, you know, Amber. First of all, this is not meant to put Steph Curry down. He is one of the all-time greatest players in NBA history. He's on a very short list. Like, I would say he's definitely top 20, if not top 15. But LeBron James once carried Sasha Pavlovich all the way to the NBA Finals. Like, he also... You know, there was another team in 2018 that he went through the East, and that the fact that they were where they were, they should have lost in the first round to the Pacers, and instead they went to the finals. When you took Clay and Dre away from Steph, you saw what that was like as a Warriors team. You know, that was barely a 500 team, if not well below 500, if not a lottery team. So. I'm not saying Steph isn't an all-time great player. I'm just saying that one of the reasons why he's won to the level that he has is he happened to fall into an incredible situation where he was going to play with the best shooting backcourt of all time because he got Clay with him, he got Draymond with him, and it was like the perfect mix of everything. And then Kevin Durant, oh, by the way, showed up on the scene. So to me, I think Steph is, is top 15 I cannot put him with Kareem and LeBron and and Magic and Jordan, obviously, who's on another planet almost than everybody else. Is he better than Larry Byrne? Um, I would say that's close. See, I think that that's like a more fair conversation if we want to talk about, you know, shooters or if we want to have the guards conversation or if we want to have an era conversation and split it up that way. Yeah. When we're I, talking magic to me has a better resume than Steph does. And Bird, because of the injuries at the end with Bird, I think that's close. I mean, again, we're we're splitting hairs here, Amber, of the all time greats. Magic has an excellent resume, obviously, on some very good teams as well. I mean, listen, all of these guys that we can talk about as all-time greats, most all of them have also played on good teams, right? Because you also elevate all of the talent around you if you are one of the best players. And Steph Curry has played on some very good Warriors team. I understand what you mean, though. When you're talking about greatest player, not one of the greatest players, or not greatest at your position, or greatest shooter, whatever, but when you're talking about truly greatest player of all time, what does seem to separate Michael and LeBron is those are the two guys that you feel like could put any team on their back and win a title. And maybe we overstated a little bit, because yes, they also had help in doing that, but... It does feel like you could kind of take LeBron, put him on any team, and any team's competing at his height, at, at the height of his game, yeah. for an NBA title. And I don't think that we can say that about Steph Curry based on some of the limitations there defensively in the skill set. Sure. I would say he's one of the scariest players I've ever gone against, you know, with, to, with, with you a went team against that him? I root that I root, a team that I root for went against him in four <laughs> I mean, straight NBA finals. If you went against finals. him, you would be scared. <laughs> Here, here's what it's like to root against Steph. And if you're an NBA fan, you know this. When you're te- like, I've never felt 
like a 20-point lead is as insignificant as when Steph Curry plays on the other team. A 20-point lead feels like a 5-point lead because in any given moment, he could hit five straight three-pointers pulling up from half court with two hands in his face and just single-handedly erase it. One of the things about Steph, though, that I remember, Amber, even in his prime, he would get subbed out at the end of games in offense-defense substitutions because he was never a very good defensive player. And so they'd pull him on the bench in the NBA Finals with the game on the line to put better or bigger defenders on the floor. You never saw that with Jordan or LeBron, who were Jordan won Defensive Player of the Year. LeBron had good enough defensive seasons to win Defensive Player of the Year, especially in Miami. Yeah. He should have won it, uh, and he should have he should have more MVPs as well, uh, league MVPs on his resume than he does. Yeah, it's and it's not a knock on Steph. I do think Steph is a top ten player of all time, and the reason that I put him in the top ten player of all time conversation, and again, I'm not willing to have greatest player of all time because I do not think he should enter that conversation. He is not to me close to top three, but I'm willing to put him around ten, and the reason I'm willing to do that is because even with some of the limitations there, he changed an entire generation that quite literally changed the way that the NBA plays basketball. And when you can inspire an entire generation of kids because they see you and they're playing now in the backyard differently and they play the game differently and they're all shooting on the outside because of you, because they want to be you, and then that actually influences an entire generation and the entire direction of the game, then I do think that despite any defensive limitations there, you do fit squarely in one of the greatest conversations. Sure. But it's not the greatest. Magic I grew up with, and he made passing cool. He was the first guy to really do that. Tim Duncan, I would say, is over Steph because it's the longest dynasty of any for 20 years of greatness. Like he but there are the list of guys. It's not long. It's not long. uh, And it's certainly no knock on Steph. But neither of us are going to argue that he is the greatest to ever do it. Amber and Ian, one of the greatest to ever do it. One of, because also it could be Aaron and Ian, it could be Hamber, whatever it is, it's ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Bowl season is here. You can hear the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl right here on ESPN Radio tomorrow night. The coverage for that starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. ESPN Radio is also your home for the college football playoffs on January 1st. Aaron Goldhammer's been hanging out tonight 
Filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons at Hammer Nation 19 is how you find him. At Amber W Sports is how you find me. Let's find out what's a big deal and what's not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? Our producer, James Steele, takes the reins on this one. Hello, James. Yeah, good to be with uh, Amber. Yes. Or Aaron and Ian, I guess. No, I don't just know. Aaron and Ian. Yeah, that's nope. what it was. Jomber, nope. when we add you to the mix. Oh, Jomber. Oh, yeah, Jomber. Oh. There we go. Uh-huh. J.H. is in. That's a tricky uh, thing to Thank you. And too. thank you. All right. Um, so uh, we have Baltimore and the 49ers on Monday Night Football this week. Very much anticipated uh, matchup. The Ravens will be underdogs, though, for just the second time this season. That role doesn't sit well with some inside the locker room of the team that's tied for the best record in the NFL. Quote, we feel a little disrespected by that, Raven safety Kyle Hamilton said. I feel like we are the best team in the league and we have an opportunity in front of the country to show it. The Ravens, 11-3, and are currently 5.5-point underdogs to the 49ers, who are also 11-3, and according to ESPN bet Hammer... Big deal, not a big deal that the Ravens are feeling a little bit disrespected by the line this week. I mean, professional athletes will try to invent anything for extra motivation, but this is not a big deal in part because Kyle Hamilton's got to realize it's not like Stephen A. Smith or Amber Wilson sets the line at ESPN bet. Like, no, 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 no. The market sets the line. Like, what people are actually betting is what decides what the line is. So that's not based on one person's opinion. That's based on what America thinks and how this game is probably going to go. I say this is not a big deal. Amber? This is not a big deal because this game is being played in San Francisco, which is why San Francisco is getting at least three of those three and a half right on this line. They're just getting a home bump for a team that has the exact same record as the Ravens. So, of course, the 49ers are favored. It's not a big deal at all whatsoever. It's also not a big deal because the Ravens have an opportunity to prove the odds makers wrong. All they have to do is take care of business on Christmas. All right, let's stick with uh, that game still. Uh, Jerry Rice played with a couple good quarterbacks in San Francisco. Steve Young, Joe Montana. Uh, 49ers have a, have a pretty good quarterback right now. He's the front runner for MVP. We talked about it a little bit last night. Uh, here's what Jerry Rice had to say about Brock Purdy. Brock reminds me a lot of Montana, his coolness. He doesn't get rattled. And you need your quarterback to be that way. The leadership, his composure, watching him when he first took over and the velocity behind his throws. Hey, man, tight spiral, you know, catchable ball, you know, like that. You know, I, I love it, man. And and his decision making, he doesn't hold on to the ball that long. It was Jerry Rice on the Warner House podcast. Amber, big deal, not a big deal that the greatest receiver of all time, un- unquestionable, uh, says that Brock Purdy reminds him of Joe Montana. He reminds me of Joe Montana, too, because he's wearing the same uniform, and that's about the beginning and the end of the comparison. Oh, and they play the same position. Fine. Great. I mean, that's it. What are we doing? I understand Brock Purdy's having a great season. 
He's having a great season regardless of where he was drafted. The fact that he was drafted very last in the draft at Mr. Irrelevant makes it a hell of a story. And if he was to become the league MVP, sure, it's one of the best stories, frankly, in NFL history. It still ain't Joe Montana any way you cut it, okay? I need a lot larger of a body of work from Brock Purdy before I'm going to start comparing him to the all-time great. Also, I saw Brock Purdy lose three games on a three-game skid where, frankly, he was pretty terrible, Aaron. And every Everybody seems to have forgotten about that, which is why that MVP should not be Brock's. It should be CMC's anyways this season. I don't think he's the most valuable player on his team. Nevertheless, the most valuable in the league. Either way, he's great, having a great season. So far, looks like a great player. Let's slow our roll before we start comparing him to Hall of Famers. If Randy Moss said that Brock Purdy reminded him of Joe Montana or another great receiver from that era who didn't play for San Francisco wasn't on the payroll, so to speak. I would say this is a big deal. I would say it's not a big deal because, you know, I think Jerry Rice is a biased source. I also would just add Joe Montana was one of the great fourth quarter comeback quarterbacks of all time. Okay, Brock Purdy, all he's done this year, and it's great. You know, Brock Purdy's playing great. I don't mean to take anything away from his but he's got a 35-14 lead in almost every game in which he plays. Go look up his tenure with the 49ers. He's never orchestrated a fourth-quarter comeback in his life, let alone won four Super Bowls. So I think it's a little bit of a stretch to compare him to maybe the greatest clutch player in the history of sports. Yeah, James. probably, yeah. I mean, I think... I think uh, Everyone knows how the show feels about the Brock Purdy hype. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last night, right? MVP? Yeah. Um, the Falcons are making a quarterback change. Uh, they're going to go with Taylor Heineke uh, for the remainder of the season. So they say, uh, hammer, big deal, not a big deal. Falcons going with uh, Heineke. I think it's a big deal because it's the team acknowledging that they made a massive mistake when they didn't push hard to go after Lamar Jackson. Um, they thought that they were cool with Desmond Ritter. And the people that were involved in making that decision, I think now their jobs are on the line. There was some reporting about Arthur Smith's future, that it's a little bit murky. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can't win this division. You know, they're blowing games to the Carolina Panthers, and and Ritter now has been benched twice. It, it feels like they're on the verge of some change unless they can turn turn things around in a hurry in Atlanta. So I think this is a big deal, Amber. I mean, it's a big deal because it's the end of Desmond Ritter, right, in Atlanta. I mean, it should be. Otherwise, what's the point of benching him? I don't find it as big of a deal when it comes to the Lamar Jackson portion of this conversation because, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. A lot of teams should have gone after Lamar. But the thing was, I believe with the Falcons, they were coming off of the debacle with the Brown situation with Deshaun Watson. They were getting Deshaun Watson. Deshaun was definitely going to Atlanta. And then $200 million guaranteed happened in Cleveland. And Atlanta was like, yeah, we can't do that. And then he goes to Cleveland, and you saw what happened there. And then he didn't look the same either coming off of the suspension. I think for the Atlanta Falcons, they didn't want to find themselves in a situation again where they're having to try to pay monster money for this quarterback. And they thought, you know what? We're going to develop the guy that we have here in Desmond Ritter and hope it works. It's not working, obviously, by this benching. So that's why this is a big deal. It's a signal that it did not work. I guess they do not believe Desmond is the guy moving forward. They're going to have to figure out the quarterback position as they look towards the draft. 
But I think, frankly, it's not just Arthur Smith's seat being hot because of that. I think, frankly, it would be hot anyways. All right. This next one was brought to our attention pre-show by uh, the Hamber co-host, Aaron Goldhammer. Yeah. Uh, He is obsessed with this song for some reason. Uh, Go ahead and play that for me. Here I am, praying for this moment to last. <laughs> Living on the wind is so fine. Black goes the man, he's throwing down. Black go fever, black go fever. He will never blow it. Oh, yeah. Give it a black fever, black fever. Yeah. He knows how to show Tony, it. Tony, let me. It's a hot jam right there. That's Flacco, Flacco fever. fever. In Cleveland, uh, we've got Flacco, Flacco fever, Flacco fever. Uh, yeah. Amber, Amber, Flacco fever. Uh, big deal, not a big deal. Uh, oh, gosh. This song is not a big deal. I know that. Song was unnecessary. Come on, get in the disco spirit with me, Amber. This is Let's so go. local radio, by the way. I miss this. I miss this about having a local show in Miami. Get all these crazy. He'll never song blow submissions it. as well. Dropping dimes. I think we have different definitions of dimes. It's great that Flacco's having a little resurgence here, I guess. It's I not mean, a little resurgence. It's a, it's, a, it's a little resurgence. Y'all have the best defense in the NFL, and so you just needed some corp- competent quarterback play, and you're getting that from the 38-year-old. I mean, it's he's not the future. He's not going to unseat Deshaun. You just paid Deshaun a gajillion dollars. He, he's, like, he's the present, though, and he was the on the street Fine. three weeks ago, and he's better than 75% of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Which I think maybe says more about the NFL frankly than it even does about Joe Flacco at this point in his career look I'm just saying uh, first of all Flacco's played better than Deshaun ever has in Cleveland that's just fact that's just that's true but y'all are locked in there and and, Deshaun's a hell of a lot younger and he's one of the best road playoff quarterbacks of all time and the Browns might be going on the road for and if I was Jacksonville or even Baltimore or Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati or um, Kansas City The last team that I would want to see showing up is Joe Flacco coming into my... If you don't want to... Ask Tom Brady what it's like to try to play against Joe Flacco in the playoffs. I like that you guys are already doing that. If you win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, (laughs) what happens? I'd love to have that debate. We got Flacco fever. You definitely do have Flacco fever. That was that was elite uh, Joe Flacco back then beating Tom Brady though, not washed up Joe Flacco. This that isn't washed up Joe Flacco. This isn't washed up Joe Flacco. You got to start Flacco. watching. He already threw what four interceptions last week. He threw, well, he threw three, three but I'm also sorry, set a sorry, record three. in Browns history for passing yards in a quarter. Because it's Browns history. No, get out of here. That's a good point. Yeah, she's got a point. 212 passing yards in the fourth quarter would be impressive for uh, any of your fancy pants quarterbacks from Kansas City or uh, Miami or where you're, wherever your court teams are. Impressive. Not a franchise record, though. Uh, well... I, I, I'm I telling you, if you guys start underestimating Joe Flacco, he's going to beat all your teams. He's a winner. That is true. He has uh, proven it before, and that man's a winner. Go ahead, James. Mahomes threw for 278 yards in four touchdowns in one quarter against the Raiders a couple years ago. There you go. He just had to get that nugget in there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
Of course you're just saying. And now he doesn't have a receiver that can catch the ball consistently. Just one. Do not. One. Rasheed Rice. Not consistently. He doesn't even have one consistently, James, that can catch the ball. Rasheed Rice is pretty good. He's consistent. He's okay. Yeah, he's okay. They're all out there dropping Mahomes' passes this season. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. We will not have any more Flacco fever, but we are going to get back to the big story of the night, which is Aaron Rodgers on the active roster for the New York Jets. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the stretch here on Amber and Ian with Aaron Goldhammer. Hammer. Hammer. Aaron Hamer? Goldhammer. I don't know. It's been a long show. Aaron and Ian. We've been talking for three straight hours now. <laughs> Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tomorrow night as the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Aaron, do you know, I feel like I can reveal this to you now. Do you know on my local show in Miami, we've worked together enough times I can bring this up. Do you know that we had an Aaron Goldhammer segment on my local show years ago, probably like six, seven, of course, six of years course ago, you seven did, years because, ago. Because, you know, the, I, I, the, it, it's my world and you're just living in it. What, That's why did not you why. A, why so did you, you don't know Aaron about Goldhammer this? Segment? So well, I mean, when I had, I was when so I had, many shows around the country do have an Aaron Goldhammer segment. <laughs> I so I just am confused about which one yours is. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. So when I had the morning show in Miami with Jonathan Zaslow and Brett Romberg, Jonathan Zaslow, another one of our ESPN radio hosts here, uh, when we were on the morning show together at a local station in Miami, it was when LeBron left us and he went back to Cleveland. And clearly we were on the flagship station of the heat and we hated ourselves some Aaron Goldhammer because you, of course, then became the flagship of LeBron and you were always talking about LeBron and gloating LeBron. And also you guys, hated Miami so it became like this rivalry so we used to yeah, play for good reason we used to play it's a little superficial it's a lot cuts of... from you from your local show in uh, Cleveland uh, on our local show in Miami yeah and we had an entire we had imaging as we went into the segment and it went like this it went gold hammer that was <laughs> legit the imaging it was like gold hammer and then we'd play cuts from you and we'd react to them. Well, Amber, I can honestly tell you that I never played any cuts from you on our show in <laughs> Cleveland. You, t- uh, we, we do what we do. You talk about what we do. 
That's like our motto in Cleveland. Well, so we, uh, well, there you we, go. That's, we, your, we were that's too your busy. Cleveland motto. People are all over the country talking about what that's, you're doing in Cleveland. And, and and we were too busy in the playoffs and going on championship runs oh. to worry about whatever segments you guys were doing on a now defunct <laughs> sports talk station in Miami. That's true. That, fo- that's, that sports talk station did You fold. drove it right into the ground. <laughs> so we drove what it right say? into the ground <laughs> by regurgitating and getting angry about the things that you were saying on your local show in Miami. But it cracks me up because whenever I work with you, I have that imaging in my head of yeah. that intro for that gold hammer segment. That well, we I'd, lo- I'd love do. to hear it. Go back. And Let's we'll, you know. we'll pull, we'll we'll pull some of the somehow. we'll pull some of the tapes. Yeah, um, we'll, there we'll, is a developing NBA story. I guess Anthony Dave. I know this is shocking to everybody. Amber, hold on to your seat. OK, I think Anthony Davis might have tweaked an ankle and <gasps> I think he might have gotten. I don't know. I don't want to say hurt, but I think he 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 might have injured himself i know this is the first time ever that this has happened i mean that dude is teflon so we have never seen him injured before he's listed as questionable coming into tonight because of a sprain and bone bruise in that ankle he was listed as questionable um but is now i guess he's playing but really favoring his left ankle so that obviously one uh to keep an eye on because in, to the surprise of nobody, Anthony Davis is banged up in December. This Lakers team has not been good since they won the in-season tournament. And I do wonder what that means, if anything, for an in-season tournament. Because the Lakers, and I give them credit, they took it very seriously. They win the championship. I think it's I think it's cool that they hung the banner because I think in 10 years, you know, everybody will have those those banners up if, in fact, this thing goes the direction that Adam Silver wants it to go. I don't have a problem with that. But it, it does feel like they gave it so much effort. And yes. now, all of a sudden, the rest of December is a wash. Like, now they're taking their foot off the gas pedal when otherwise they would have taken their foot off the gas pedal sooner than and they what, did. And what's funny is teams, you have to figure this out because Indiana has also totally run into a wall yes. since the end of the in-season tournament. So both teams that went to the finals are now both struggling. It is weird. It's like if you actually have to put – it's almost like the season's too long, Aaron. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's almost like the season is too long. It spans all four seasons. Like, (laughs) you think it's too long? Good grief. Everybody agrees it's too long, but no one's willing to sacrifice any games because everybody's getting so rich off of it. So That is is the truest words ever spoken because 82 is too many, 60 would be perfect, and nobody's willing to give up the interim because – of money because uh-huh. of television deals because everybody wants money the players want the money too nobody wants to give up the money but the product is definitely harmed because of it because it's too long and so the in-season tournament was aimed at helping some of that it certainly did help in terms of motivating the players but now maybe on the back end here the teams that made it the furthest are paying the price a little bit by being banged up and also just exhausted I guess yeah. apparently I, I, I don't know what they have to give but the Zach Levine thing to LA is interesting to me because they're a good defensive team when LeBron and AD are healthy. That's not their problem. Their problem is can they shoot consistently enough? And Levine would have to accept a different kind of role than right. what he's had when he's tried to pour in, you know, 40 or 50 points a game in Chicago or back in Minnesota when he was winning dunk contests. But if he could be a consistent kind of like a role player for the Lakers, kind of like a like a shooter off of a lot of LeBron and AD's action. Look, they won the title in 2020 because they played defense and hit a bunch of threes. So And they were in a bubble. So there was that, right? I mean, 
I mean, they were it, in a bubble. It, it, it wasn't it, exactly it, it, it a typical. They were hurt. in a bubble. There was no travel. There was no. There was no. It, nothing excruciating on your stars. So Anthony Davis could actually be out there and actually remain healthy in a in a postseason that was unlike any other postseason we've ever. So seen. you don't you don't count the bubble championship as legit asterisk. I, I, I just think that there are factors. I mean, listen, I'm a Heat fan, obviously. Like, I feel like a finals appearance is legit from a fan perspective. But if I look at it objectively for a moment, I just think that there are factors that played into why they were able to have the success that they had that season. And I think it's fair to discuss those factors without degrading that championship. Like, that championship still counts for them, yes. But also, why is it not so easy to repeat? I think things fell very perfectly in line for them that season. And when you have the these aging superstars, an aging superstar anyways in LeBron, and then Anthony Davis, who might as well be aging because he can never stay healthy, which, I mean, tonight's proof of that, right? Then yeah. you were LeBron aided, was going to win the I MVP. Think, by that environment. LeBron was on track to take over Giannis for the MVP award when COVID hit, and the Lakers were just rounding into form. I mean, I remember the, the Gobert thing happened on Wednesday. The previous Sunday, they played like a big game on ABC and won, and everybody was like, uh-oh, look out. The Lakers are going to be favorites to win the title. So I agree with you that the championship counts. Maybe it helped them stay healthy or whatever. But I, I don't know how far away LeBron is from winning another one, and he's been great so far this year. And if I was the Lakers, I'd be doing everything I could to try to capitalize on that window as quickly and as often as possible. He's been great. He needs some more help around him. And it's that help that I question. I just don't know. I know there's reportedly an openness now from the Bulls about Levine. I just don't know if that price is going to be too high.